Raider great Lincoln Kennedy breaks down why the Raiders won last week and what they'll need to do this week to get another W with Q on Unnecessary Roughness. And we are efforting Lincoln Kennedy right now here in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. He joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday at this time, 4 o'clock. And I'm sure that we actually won't be able to get him on Thursday. I'll actually be doing a little bit of programming note on Thursday. I'll be uh, be on from 12 to about 3.15 as JT will be in L.A. Uh, and he'll do the pregame show there from L.A. right before the Raiders in the Rams game. So I'll be at the M Resort from starting at 12 o'clock, 12 to 3.15 for the show. Uh, pitch it off to JT the Brick and Eric Allen and Eric Allen will actually be live at, uh, at the M Resort as well. And then the game takes place. Watch the game there from the M Resort, and then we'll do the post-game show, the official post-game show. So it's going to be a long day at the M Resort, but we definitely encourage you to come on by at any point uh, starting at 12 o'clock on Thursday. And it uh, should be a fun one, man. Looking forward to this game. Uh, the Raiders have this quick turnaround, and then after this game, then boom, uh, they get a nice little break, you know, get a nice little like 10 days off. And so that'll be good to get a little bit of R&R, a little rest and relaxation. Join us now on the phone lines, as promised, is Lincoln Kennedy, and he joins us each and every Tuesday and Thursday at this time. And Lincoln, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. We appreciate you. And before we get any, any X's and O's and any football stuff, we, I mean, we we just heard from Jacoby Ford, who played Cliff Branch on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. We also heard the sounds that played throughout Allegiant Stadium. Uh, what did that mean to you when you saw that tribute to Cliff? And I know that you're really good friends with her. You were really good friends with them. What the, what did that mean to you? Well, it's it's a family atmosphere. The Raiders are all about family. They've they've professed and proclaimed that throughout its history. Family is important. Uh, that's what you know. The Godfather Al Davis meant to the entire organization and to the entire you know Raider Nation, if you will. We all you know feel like family. And Cliff was one of the part of our family. We lost him far too soon, um, and it was long overdue for him to be honored in the way of being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but it was a nice tribute and a, and a visionary tribute that happened on Sunday uh, at the stadium. It was very beautiful and very poetic and very emotional. How awesome was it that Mark Davis, obviously the Raiders' owner, really was the guy who got behind the, hey, the guys that are deceased and no longer with us still deserve to get their rings as Elaine Anderson got the ring on Sunday for Cliff Branch? Well, it's not just, you know, for the Raiders' fact, it's, it's just, you know, for all of the football players that are no longer with us that mm-hmm. entered into the Hall of Fame, their family should have a treasure, a monument other than the bus of uh, of what their you know their whatever the relationship was uh, should would be you know mm-hmm. in, in in a sense where they're getting a ring and they're showcasing that you know my dad, my brother, whatever it was was a Hall of Famer, uh, and so that's important. Uh, we had two guys go in after they had passed, Cliff and, and Stabler. And and it was sad because they were around for you know well deserved after football careers they had life after football yep. they were around and they just passed before they could you know see themselves going in so that was you know disheartening but you know this is one of the ways that you can make up not for just the Raiders family as I said for all of the families of the National Football League no doubt about it again Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty unnecessary roughness now to the action on the field what did you see from the Raiders in this performance on Sunday against the Chargers where they uh, completed their third victory in a row with the twenty seven twenty win over the Chargers. A complete football game, a, a, a very complete football game. And what I mean by that, minus you know, look, you're going to have mistakes in every game. You know, it's not necessarily saying you're going to have turnovers, but you know, despite losing the turnover battle, two to one, 
and they didn't have a lot of penalties. They didn't have a lot of times where they were stuffing themselves in the foot. Uh, the foot. Uh, and so that worked to their advantage. And you saw a level of resiliency, in my opinion, that we haven't seen all year. We've seen that flashes, but I haven't seen all year. It was the most complete game that I've seen them play this season. One player that I want to ask you about, particularly we've been talking about him all season, Chandler Jones. What did you think about the performance that he had on Sunday? Well, I finally get a chance to call his name out, right? You know, the fact is I was telling you he was number 55 forever until he showed me something. But, you know, this, to be honest, I would have been more disappointed, even with the win, if we came here and we talked about the defense and he did not show out the way he did. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you would have told me that if the Raiders would have five sacks and, and uh, Max Crosby wouldn't get one of them, I would say something's wrong with that. Was he hurt? Was he not in there? What happened? But Chandler Jones took, a, took advantage of a rookie, as he should. Mm-hmm. And a rookie who's actually playing out of position. They have him listed at guard. He's playing left tackle. So you should be doing well. Uh, the fact that the the that um, the rate um, that the, the Chargers were arrogant enough to not have him have help over on his side just proved why you know uh, Justin Herbert has been hit so many times. I think it's the second most uh, taking the second most quarterback hits uh, this season. Uh, and, and so uh, it, you know, look, you get what you deserve. Who knows how long he could stand up? But Herbert's a stud. Uh, the Chargers have got their fair share of injury problems, uh, and and but that's not my concern. The fact is that Chandler Jones went out there and had a good football game, and and it's not too often a quarterback just falls into your lap for a sack. And I just my mouth was open on radio. I was like, wow, are you <laughs> kidding me? He <laughs> just ever fell into that the third sack that Chandler Jones had. He was just standing right there, he was being blocked, and he, and Herbert fell, fell into him. So. It is what it is. Good for him. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it was a big sigh of relief for Chandler. But, uh, Lincoln, you've been very uh, – you've you've given a lot of props, let's say, uh, to the defensive tackles really all season long. And and I feel like the addition of Jerry Tillery has been a big deal, and they really showed up as well on Sunday. Well, you knew Tillery was going to play like a beast, right? Yeah. It was his old team that drafted him. You know, former first-round draft choice that that would cut him. That cut him. So, you know, that would be like we find Jonathan Abram out there somehow playing against him. He'd want to try to tear the Raiders apart. But uh, he's not even in the league right now. But as far as I know, the thing is is that, uh, you know, Tillery and the rest of the defensive tackles have had a good season. They've done their job consistently. And if they can continue to get internal pressure and they continue to be disciplined in their rush lanes, even the quarterbacks that are able to scramble and move and extend plays with their pockets, I mean, ex- extend plays with their their feet, aren't going to be able to get out the pocket. And that's exactly what you want. You have those defensive ends that are angling in at quarterback depth. You have the defensive tackles that are pushing the pocket to quarterback depth. There's really no place a quarterback can go. You know, we heard all training camp, we heard all preseason that the Raiders are going to play a lot of man defense and that Patrick Graham wanted to do a lot of man-on-man coverage. You know, they wanted to be able to have those guys play bump and run. We saw a lot of that on Sunday. Is that what this Raiders defense could look like if they're able to play the way that Patrick Graham was said that he wanted to play? Yeah, I I said a couple weeks ago when we were talking that I didn't think the Raiders had the personnel on this roster to implement the coaching styles on both sides of the ball. And then that is that has changed. Look, what what you saw against the Chargers is Patrick Graham. Uh, first of all, is going to have Nate Hobbs back because mm-hmm. you know that you can have you have that lockdown corner that can play one side. Now we thought we got it. Uh, we had a similar uh, thing out of Rocky scene. He struggled sometimes with uh, man, and the main reason why he struggled is because he was a little too handsy and would get called for like illegal hands or defensive holding. And that automatic, that, uh, you know, gives you an automatic first down, no matter how egregious it is or how ticky-tack the refs are. Most of the calls I saw on him weren't as egregious as other ones, but it is what it is. So it forced him to be a little bit softer in, in man coverage, press man coverage. Didn't really have it. But 
The reason why it worked this past weekend is you had a suspect offensive line for the Chargers. You had a capable rush by the defense of the Raiders. If you just slow down the receivers, don't give them a free release or give them a big enough cushion to where it's an easy pitch and catch between quarterback and receiver, you'll allow your rush to get there. And that's what happened. Talk so, right. you know, it's a good lesson to learn to build confidence moving forward that you can play tight man coverage. But you know as well as I do, Q and DeMond, how many times have we watched this season where the Raiders are playing so soft, their quarterback takes two steps and throws the ball. Right. It's out of his hands. You can get five, six yards right there on, on the snap. And that, that, that's defeating. The Raiders have got to find a way to win. And this time, they took a chance, they played tight coverage, and the rush got to Justin Herbert. He was hit more times than he sacked, but it, was still, it still weighs on him. Lincoln Kennedy is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Go ahead, DeMond. Lincoln, I've got to ask you, the Raiders, they put out the image, well, the video of you and Jason in the booth on the call of the Fleet Ficker, and I've just been asking everybody, how do the Raiders get so wide open on the Flea Flicker? What is the key to success when the Raiders run that play? Well, it's, it's, it's a team effort, first of all. The, the, everyone has got to do their job. But one, the big thing that Devontae did is he sold it like he was blocking. If you watch Devontae's release from the line of scrimmage, he ran straight. He, did, he ran right to the, his defender. His defender saw him slow down, looked in the backfield, and then he just took off running. And then it became the, the, the defender behind him was in chase mode. He wasn't going to catch up with Devontae because he was creating separation. Then he was trying to find the defender, was trying to find the football. By that time, he was already slipping down, falling. So it's instances like that where you sell it and you have a defensive back that has his eyes in the back and backfield instead of on the man, and he gets torched. You keep it. You mentioned everybody has to do their job, and the Raiders they mentioned that as well. What do you think about this offensive line just continually mm. build on performance after performance and doing their job and allowing Josh Jacobs to run and Derek Carr to be protected? The longer an offensive line stays together, the better the better they play together. Yeah. And now that you know the sort of lineup has been somewhat you know solidified, it's it's better for them collectively. And Thayer Mumford is a nice little change up, but really he's more of a you know a hybrid tight end slash offensive tackle. He's the backup tackle, but he's also their extra blocker. Now he's not going to go out for passes until they put it in. But you know this is one of those things where the Raiders are really light at tight end as well as receiver. So every man needs to stand up. But to answer your question, mind about the offensive line, as long as they play together, the mm-hmm. longer they play together, the better it'll be. Lincoln, I wanted to ask you about the biggest uh, news of the day, and that's Baker Mayfield getting picked up by the Rams, who just happened to be the next team up for the Silver and Black. And there's reports that he could potentially play. I don't see it, but what are your thoughts? Let him play. <laughs> he, that, that would be a godsend. Let him play. Because I, I, you know, it's uh, I would much rather have him play because I know it is inconsistencies and how you can exploit him, uh, and most of the coaching world does. That's why he's not on, no longer on the team. But it, let him play. Let him come in and try to see if he can rectify it, and then he'll get his ass handed to him too. <laughs> Something that I wanted to ask you about. I'm is- dropping the mic. <laughs> I'm out. I'll see y'all later. <laughs> the matchup with the Rams. What is that difference when you're when you're preparing for? You know that they have that guy on their defensive line that could wreck shop. But if you got to prepare for that guy not playing, does that change up the blocking schemes that would be going into place for the game? You talking about Aaron Donald? Yes, Aaron Donald. There's a, it's a, yeah, it's a Willie he, Wonie he, if he plays. Yeah, well, here's here's the thing. You you, you have to prepare that he's going to play. Yeah, that's what you that's what you go into. But you don't have anybody at a defensive tackle that you're practicing against who has that guy's 
Tommy Talon. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's a wreck shop. He's a difference maker. Um, but, you know, you have to, you look, you just prepare as you would prepare for any other team. You take advantage, you take a look at, you know, who their, uh, who, who's their personnel is right now on paper, and you'll prepare your double teams between your center and your guard and maybe slide protection that way just in case he is out there. But, you know, look, they've got a number of other pros. You can't just focus on one guy. Um, there's some other pros. And that defense used to be pretty good and used to be pretty solid when they had a, a complementing offense. They're reeling right now because of the injuries and everything else and inconsistencies. So you, so you hope that you know this Thursday night they're having business of where they're going to go on vacation um, after the season's over uh, mm-hmm. in early in early January, rather than preparing for you and give you a, a, a lackluster performance that you can bring home a win on. Well, they've lost six in a row, so there's that. You yeah. know, we'll see what it looks like. But uh, Lincoln, you mentioned earlier today while we were recording the Raider Roundtable that nobody likes to play on that short week on a Thursday night. Right. Uh, how quickly do you think that the Raiders could turn things around and, and get ready for this Thursday night game, especially since they're on a three-game winning streak right now? Well, they should pretty much be ready by now. So, right. Look, the when it comes to the install, this the the game plan was was created last week during the preparation of the Chargers. The familiarity of a division opponent that you played before, that led into the game plan. But this, this game plan is already created. And you, you had your first day of install today, you know, basically saying what you're going to do. It's plays that you've run before. You're not trying to re, you know, reinvent the wheel. So uh, it's plays that you've had before in your arsenal, plays that you think that will work against teams that do similar things on both sides of the ball that, that the Rams do. And that's what you're, you're, you're taking. And tomorrow will be a travel day. It'll be a light day where you're hoping guys will, you know, pick up their iPad and check out the the playbook and sit and make sure they know it. But you're trusting that everybody is prepared right now because that's all you you don't have any other software preparation. Games on Thursday night. Well, I know that you're prepared. I know you've been prepared. You've been on the road for a long time. It's going to be a while before you get yeah. back to the house. I know it's going to be a sigh of relief. But hey, thank you so much for your time. Fantastic as always. Uh, I know you're busy tonight, but uh, have safe travels and call a great game on Thursday. I appreciate it, Q and DeMond. You guys be good. Have a good one now. All right, you too. Lincoln Kennedy right there. Fantastic job. My man's been on the road for a minute, so uh, definitely appreciate him uh, joining us this afternoon to give us a wealth of his knowledge like he always does Tuesdays and Thursdays. And DeMond, I think we'll go ahead and let him let him be off the hook on Thursday, right? I mean, he's only got a game to call, him and Jason. So yeah. <laughs> we won't. Well, maybe we will, actually. <laughs> actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, we do start at 12. The game doesn't kick off till five fifteen. We could probably squeeze in a few minutes, maybe both. Maybe we'll just put everybody on the show. He'll just be on his drive to the stadium, you know, be like, "Yeah, guys, I can make a couple of minutes for you." Um, hey, look, you know, like I said before, man, I like to get a little greedy. Four seventeen is a nine. Many thanks to Lincoln Kennedy. We definitely appreciate him. We want to hear your feedback. Want to get your thoughts on the game? Get your thoughts on the preparation? Get your thoughts on Baker Mayfield? If you think he's going to play, and if he does play, what kind of impact will he have on the game? Four seventeen is the time. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Man, we've had a busy day, and we still got more to get to. Very excited about how we finish off this show each and every day. Very excited about coming into the action each and every day, to be 100% honest with you. I mean, you know, sometimes we we get caught up in the fact that, oh, we got to go to our job or we got to go to work. And then, you know, on the way in, I'm listening to the radio, and I was like, wait a minute, this is our job. We're talking for three hours. We're talking football. We're talking sports. We're talking trash. We're joking. DeMond's begging for mediocrity when it comes to UNLV. He's telling us bad movie reviews. He's doing. <laughs> he's walking around the studio with no shoes on. He's wearing the tightest clothes ever. I mean, there's a lot to. There's a lot that we could talk about here, DeMond. There's a whole lot. 
A lot of takeaways <laughs> I have. But with all that being said, as much dirt I give him, and I had to choose my words carefully there, <laughs> it's my guy. <laughs> it's my guy. Does a fantastic job. So we definitely uh, appreciate him, appreciate the opportunity to do this each and every day, and we do not take it for granted. Uh, again, I want to remind you that on Thursday, JT the Brick will be in L.A. He's traveling with the Raiders as the pregame show will come to you from L.A. Uh, home games, it usually comes from the Torch inside Allegiant Stadium, and then on a lot of road games, it's from the, uh, the M. JT will be in L.A. Eric Allen will be at the M Resort. Starting at 12 o'clock, my seven demand are going to take over the airways. We're going to run up to all the way about 3.15. I'm always begging for a little bit extra time. So we're going to run up to about 3.15, and then we're going to pass the sticks on. We'll pass them to JT. We'll pass them to Eric Allen. The official pregame show will get started. And then following the game, once it's over in its entirety, and I do encourage you to come on out to the M Resort, hang out with us, watch the game, enjoy some food, enjoy some drinks, whatever. Do what we do, right? We had a very good time doing this before. JT is going to start the postgame show, probably do maybe the first two segments or whatever, and then he's going to pass the sticks on when the Raiders are ready to start their travel back. And then, boom, there you go. I'm going to take over the postgame show live from the M Resort. And we've had times where, when I've done this before, we actually have a microphone that we pass around the M Resort, and let instead of people calling in, they chime in right there. Right? We'll pass the mic. We'll pass the sticks on and be like, what's on your mind? What are you thinking? How are you feeling? What do you think from this game? So, We'll do the same. We'll plan accordingly to do the same. So for the most part, I'm spending all of Thursday at the M Resort. I'm going to just kind of bunker down. Real quick, I love how you think that that's such a good idea. Instead of people calling in, just give people live microphones. <laughs> and, like, and my mind immediately went to, well, you're, you're, what could go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and that, you know what? And that is signs of growth, Damon, because that's what you're supposed to think, right? Yeah, it sounds great in theory to me. But to you, as someone who's been on the on the wrong side of, you know, having to be in here and all of a sudden someone drops something and you're like, whoa, got to get that off the airways real quick. I can see where that can make you panic a little bit. Sweating over hypotheticals. Right. But for me, <laughs> knowing that that's not my, you know, I'm not responsible for that. All I got to do is throw the disclaimer out and be like, hey, man, remember, it's a family show. You know, use your inside you know, language. Right. Act like your mama's on the phone. Right. I mean, that's <laughs> that's a, that's what I'll encourage. And we should be good. You know, it's funny when I first started here. And it, it was in 2021. I remember I was at the summer league. One of my, and I think that you, I think you remember this. I was at summer league and I was on the concourse. And somebody walked by and they started talking to me. And I was like, "Oh yeah, hey, come on!" And I just handed him a headset. And I can't remember. I think it was Jeff. Jeff was our uh, one of our engineers at the time. Jeff looked at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh no, it's cool. He's just gonna chime in on the show." And he's like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> No, Q, don't do it. I was like, no, he'll be fine. So I had to tell him, hey, man, act like you're talking to your mama, right? I mean, because look, this is my thing. If I tell you act like you're talking to your mama and you still curse, shame on you, right? I'm 46 years old. I don't curse around my mom. And if I accidentally let one slip, which every once in a while maybe I do, I also be like, ooh. <laughs> right? I'm about to get a whooping. <laughs> Sorry, mom. I'm a grown ass man and I'm about to get a whooping, right? Like I just can't do it. Now I know some people they don't they don't have no filter and they just be like blah, 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 blah. but like if I throw the disclaimer out there and say, man, look, act like you're talking to your mama when you when you do this, we should be able to have a conversation without cursing. And there's certain words that are curse words, even though some people don't think it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true, that's true. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> I've had I've had cats before, man. Come on the radio. I'm like, all right, man, we're live. Don't curse. Okay. And the first one would be like, Shoo, you know, you know where I'm going with mm-hmm. that. And I'm like, I just told you don't curse. I didn't curse. I just said, um, and then they say it no, again. They didn't get the same time. <laughs> That's a curse word? Yeah. <laughs> Josina Anderson got us like that, right? Didn't she hit us with two? 
Two back-to-back mm-hmm. when we had her on? Yeah, see? Some people, man. And shout-out to Josina. That's my people. The joy of live radio. <laughs> it's, it's always a thrill, man. It's exciting. It's fun. It's absolutely fun. It's what we do. We get fired up. And if we don't get fired up, we're doing it wrong. Seriously, if this doesn't get your blood going, we're doing it wrong. Tomorrow, we're not getting rich here, right? I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's, not, like, it's not like we wake up Thursday morning and be like, whoa, that's awesome. We just kind of wake up and like, damn, I sure wish I had a little bit more. <laughs> you know what, Q? So you say we got to get fired up. Yeah. We love to do this. Yes. So why are you trying to shoot down my dreams of rooting for seven and five? Because you should be aiming right? higher. But I'm saying. You should be aiming for the sky. I want all of that. But when I do get that, when I finally have it in my hands <laughs> and UNLV is going dancing. Where are they dancing at? Boca Raton? Yo, the, I mean, and that the would be, Frito-Lace chip bowl, boy. No, I mean, a bowl, game, a bowl game is a great start, all right? And this all started as we found out <laughs> that UNLV named their head coach, and he was disappointed because he wanted Coach O. They said we got Coach O at home. Coach O is not even a good coach. He's just a good recruiter. That was my biggest issue. So you get Barry Odom, and look, the jury's going to be out as Barry Odom's going to be a good coach, right? I mean, the proof is in the pudding. You've got to go out there and you've got to win. Similar to what we're talking about with head coach Joshua Daniels, right? I think he's going to be a really good coach, but he's got to win. And that's why Raider Nation was so fired up when he wasn't winning. It's was like, what the hell's going on? So I get it. But it was nobody calling into the station saying, hey, you know what? We just want the, the Raiders to be mediocre because it's been so long. No, no, no. Everyone wanted at least the playoffs, including me. I led the charge. I was the Pied Piper. I was the guy playing the music. And I was leading the damn charge. Playoffs are bust. And obviously it didn't shake out that way, but that's why people were mad, because they didn't want mediocrity. So in your life, you should not want to be mediocre. It's different in pros in college. It is not. Yes, it it's is. It's all about winning. You can you can have some college coaches that ain't never won a title. Hey, let's say their career average is eight or nine wins, and yo, they never gonna have to buy a meal in that college town again. Eight or nine wins is fine when you only play ten games or eleven games, but you want to go somewhere. You don't want to be mediocre. Mediocre is not good. Mediocre means you're average. Would you settle for an average wife when you when you do get married? Would you be like, hey, you know what? She's not fine. She's average. I don't know why you're putting me in this situation. Because I, I mean- don't. I would never settle for an average wife. I would not. And that's no disrespect to anyone who's average. You should think you should want higher for yourself. If my wife ain't fine, I don't want her. Right? And she might not be fine to you, but she's fine to me. Right? And so I would never be like, hey, Demont, here's my wife. She's average. She should want to leave me if I ever think of her like that. That's a problem. I don't even know how we got from where we're at to where we are now. <laughs> but here we are. Okay. But here we are. Why in life would you ever want to be average? You always want to be better than average. You want to be great. Greatness. You strive for greatness, and then you settle for whatever happens after that. But you aim high. Of course, Q. We're not saying don't. You don't, said don't. you were okay with being yes. mediocre. But oh, in your analogy, when you strive for the greatness. That's like saying I'm okay with going out with her right now because later on I'm going to replace her with someone. No. You want to get the finest one. The only time you're okay with mediocre is during a slump. <laughs> <laughs> and it's 2 a.m. <laughs> That's just, uh, just yeah, wrong. Um, just wrong. I was going to say, is that not what I'm doing right now? <laughs> um, <laughs> well, see. That's why Kayla has never accepted the invite. This ain't gonna be like no, it does. It does. You've been chasing Kayla for so long, but you've been living in this mediocre world. If you were striving to be better, she would have, you know. There's no chase. There, there, obviously, the chase ain't there for you. You ain't got the, you ain't got the drive. 
The chase, you got to the starting line and you never started. Never got out the blocks. You're bad. You didn't even false start. You just never got going. Ever. Never came out your blocks. I don't even know what to say. I was going to say, no, it's not my race. But then I'm like, I'm like I was trying to do the mental gymnastics of what am I going to say? What's the, what's the punch and counter punch going to be here? So I, uh, I fold. You just, you just tap out, right? You just tap out. You just walk to the sideline. Go on, find your spot on the bench. Go on, get your little spot on the bench. Oh, man. Coach Lito Sofua, Pinecrest Sloan Canyon. He's coming up next. We're going to talk all things girls flag football, who's won a couple games, and he is Tom Flores, High School Football Coach of the Week for Girls Flag Football. We'll talk to him next. It's Radio 920. It's time for Q's weekly interview with the Tom Flores High School Coach of the Week here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And the recipient of this week's Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week award is Coach Lido Soifua from Pinecrest Sloan Canyon. And this honor is for girls flag football. So, Coach, let me start right there. How much of a blessing is it for the Raiders to not only recognize high school football, but also girls high school flag football as well? Well, it's a great blessing just to be recognized and to have these girls that have worked extremely hard and um you know they're not playing the, the game of uh you know shoulder pads and helmets but right. they're, they're definitely getting after it and uh i appreciate the tom flores award and and uh, and all of the raider nation how does how does it go i mean what, what kind of goes into you know girls high school flag football because like you said it's not the shoulder pads it's not you know the helmets and all the the tackling it's flag football but it's very competitive so what kind of goes into that well, everything is pretty much the same as far as your structure, right? Your your expectations and being able to have high standards and 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 the fundamentals of the game. So, as far as that's considered, you know, you're still doing the X's and O's mm-hmm. of the game, and uh, having the girls understand that and understanding the concept and seeing kind of the bigger picture of how the game is played. It's it's. It's great. I, I love it. It's uh, girls are a little more receptive. Uh, <laughs> they, they don't answer back as much. You know, I've coached boys football for about 23 years. And but uh, the girls, I, I really enjoy uh, everything that they've done uh, thus far. Talking right now with Coach Lito Soifua here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Roughness. So your team picked up two wins in week one and only had three wins last season. So how did it feel to get off to a really good start early in the season? Well, um, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, set the uh, standards uh, at the beginning of the season and my expectation. And like I said, it's uh, it's all relative, you know, whether you're doing flag football or you're doing peewee. Uh, junior college, Division One. I, I mean, it's all relative, just trying to teach them the fundamentals of the game. And once they understood that, uh, you know, the girls are putting all the effort and, 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 and all the sacrifices in the weight room and the conditioning. And and uh, so they kind of see the big picture. And, and, and there's a lot of energy on our team, and, and I appreciate the leadership uh, of some of our girls. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that energy and the excitement of just, one, the early success that your team is having, but also being back on the field and being back in action. I mean, you're playing a game that is that's, that everyone loves. Yeah, it's just great because, um, you know, once the girls kind of understand the concept of how the game is played and why they do things that they do and the reasoning behind it and the adjustments that they can make on the fly, they, they, the, the, uh, the energy and the excitement and they go, oh, okay, I got it, coach. Now I understand. <laughs> um, 
but we still got a long ways to go. But uh, they're they're enjoying it. Now they should, as they should, picking up a couple wins in week one. Nothing wrong with that. Again, we're talking right now with Coach Lito Soifua from uh, Pinecrest Sloan Canyon, winner of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award. And, and look, you selected uh, Nalia Sanders as Player of the Week. How special was she in helping your team uh, to the two couple victories that you had in week one? Oh, Nalia is just an outstanding uh, student athlete. Uh, she was an outstanding volleyball uh, player at uh, for our our girls team and just an athlete and I had pulled her at, aside at the beginning of the of the year and I said, "Hey, you're going to be our Tyreek Hill of uh, uh, of the uh, of a flag football." And she just lit up and she said, "Can I wear his number?" <laughs> so so she was excited and uh, yeah, we use her on offense and defense. We have her in the slot as running back. She's picked up a couple interceptions, five interceptions on the defensive side. And uh, I think the only time she's come off is probably halftime. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. It really is. And, and glad to hear that she was so pumped up and excited to, like you said, be be your team's Tyreek Hill. And speaking of defense, uh, your defense has been really good. You know, in the first couple games that you played, gave up eight points in game one and seven in game two. Uh, how impressed have you been with your team's defense? And how important is that for you to continue to win games is have that solid defense? Well, I think a lot comes from the the seven seniors that we have. You know, these girls have been here for the last four years. This is our first graduating class. And so they kind of understand the concept of how important it is to communicate, to understand that everyone has a role, to understand that, uh, you know, they need each other. They have to have each other's back. And so it's been great to how... You know they're a, a bend don't break defense, uh, and they've 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 had three picks in the in, in the red zone, nice. and so um, they've come up big, and I'm, I'm I'm super proud of them. So what's next for your team, Coach? Uh, how are you feeling about the next couple games that you have coming up? We're in a tournament this weekend, and um, l- looking forward for that. Uh, we've got some really good teams that uh, we'll be facing that are in our bracket, and. You know, they our first game is uh, Del Sol, which is an exceptional team, uh, and uh, in the upper bracket is Amplis, who we played, and and also Slam. So we've got we've got our work cut out. I'm, we've got <laughs> some really good teams in that that tournament. So uh, we're, we're we're back to the grind. Yeah, as you should be. There's nothing wrong with that, right? You win a couple games in week one and get right back at it. I mean, that's that's exactly how it goes. And, Coach, before I let you go, again, being the recipient of the Tom Flores High School Football Coach of the Week Award, I mean, how special to, to you is that is that, a, is that award for you? Well, it's great. I want to – I appreciate, uh, you know, everyone involved, the Raider Nation and you yourself and the Tom Flores Award. You know, I uh, I grew up a Raider fan. I uh, – I, uh, in Southern California, there were two teams that, that were there, the Rams and the Raiders. And mm. so when the Rams left to St. Louis, I became a, a, a diehard Raider fan. And I was actually at the last home game versus the Kansas City Chiefs when they played at the Coliseum oh. uh, before leaving back to Oakland. So mm-hmm. um, always been a uh, Bo Jackson, a, a Marcus Allen, you know, Kaufman. I mean, all the running backs are been great and not obviously what they've done this year but but i appreciate the the raiders for recognizing our girls and, and their hard work and and uh and i thank you for this time so well how fitting is it coach that this week the raiders are playing the rams in la on thursday so it's like it all comes full circle for you right <laughs> oh no for sure for sure 
the Battle of the L.A.s, well, back in the day. Yeah. Yes. Yep, exactly. You know how strong that Raider fan base is in L.A., so even though the Rams and Chargers actually play there, uh, the Raiders still hold that that super strong fan base there, so it should be fun. What have you, you, you mentioned the running backs. Let me ask you this before I let you go. What have you thought about what Josh Jacobs has been able to do this year for the Raiders? Oh, what an amazing, uh, what an amazing uh, performance that he's had the last two games, and, you know, throughout the season. Uh, just tough, uh, gritty. Um, uh, he's a north and south runner, physical, and uh, I mean, he's everything we've asked for. Uh, you know, drafting, you know, coming in from uh, from Alabama. So, uh, super excited about him. I hope he stays healthy, and uh, they've got a good thing going on. It. And talked to one of the other, one of the kids the other night. Like, oh, Hey, we're going we're gonna to make the playoffs. Watch, so. <laughs> there you go. Well, look, they're riding a three-game winning streak. It could be four if they go to L.A. and handle their business, and then all bets are off because you never know. I mean, this is, you know, it's a, it's a week-by-week league, and they got plenty plenty of uh, opportunity in front of them, so they could very well end up being in the playoffs this year. they got to go and handle their business, so one game at a time. And, and Coach, you know that as well as, as, as you're preparing your girls for action uh, this upcoming weekend in the tournament that you're playing in. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you again congratulations on the tom flores high school football coach of the the week award and and good luck to your team moving forward really do appreciate you thank you so much q i appreciate it there he goes coach lito soifua pinecrest sloan canyon girls high school football flag football and he is the recipient of the tom flores high school football coach of the week award we'll do that each and every week just like we did during the boys' football season. 4.44 is the time. We've got the Raiders' injury report for Tuesday, which basically is Thursday's injury report on a normal week. We'll go over that, plus we'll get to your calls as we close out the show. We'll do it next here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, here's your boy Q. Got about 12 minutes left in the show, and then we'll pass the sticks on the Raider Roundtable. You'll hear JT the Brick, Lincoln Kennedy, and myself. We recorded that earlier today at Raiders HQ. That's the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, so that'll uh, be on around 5 o'clock. You can hear the audio version. If you want to check it out on YouTube, you can. It's on the Raiders YouTube. I definitely encourage you to go check that out as well. Let's go out to the phone lines, though. We've got a couple callers, some texters that we want to get to, plus I want to go over the Raiders injury report before we wrap things up. So 702-365-9200, Gangster Raider, welcome to the show. What's on your mind, brother? Hey, what's happening? It's G, Gangster Raider. I just want to say um, I'm excited about going to the game this Thursday because I'm taking my sons, and it'll be their first Raider game in L.A. And it's a trip that you had that um, conversation with Jacoby Ford because I took them to their very first Raider game back in 2011, and it was against Kansas City in Oakland. And during the first half, it was kind of rainy and drizzling, and we was losing and they was kind of whining about it. But then as soon as the second half started, after halftime, the sun came out and Jacoby Ford ran back a 100-yard kickoff return, and we ended up winning the game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so the kids went crazy. You know, they've been Raider crazy ever since. And so it comes full circle, like almost, you know, because we get to go to the Rams game this Thursday. And I'm kind of excited about it, too, because I think it'll be my first Thursday night game that I'm attending live, I think. I don't think I've ever been to a Thursday night game. But we can't overlook the Rams because I think the last time we played the Rams in regular season, we lost to them fifty-two to nothing. Remember that? Yeah, we got whooped. Yep. Yeah, so we got to return the favor, even though they um look like they um you know like an easy win. We can't overlook it, and we got to return that favor. We got to um beat them at least forty-five nothing too. You know what I'm saying? That's just me. You know how I think. Yeah. But 
we got to at least turn the turn return the favor. So don't overlook this game, overlook this team. We can't overlook this game. We got to win it. That's all I want to say. And good, that was a good uh, interview with Jacoby Ford. And tell him thanks for that kickoff return and my boys' first Raider game. All nice. right, y'all, I'm gone. Keep it gangster. Are oh, you coming to LA, Q? No, no, I'm here. I'm I'm staying at the M Resort. Oh man, you got... always miss LA. You hate LA, huh? You be hating on LA. I was there oh, week you. one. I was there week one. Oh, you? I thought you couldn't make it. Week one was JT couldn't make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. JT's oh, okay. going this time. I went week one. Oh, okay. All right. My bad, Q. All right. Number love. All right. It's all, it's all good, man. Yeah, I appreciate you. Yeah, that's when I was driving back. Remember I was driving back after that game, and I looked over in my passenger seat, and I swear somebody was sitting there next to me? Yeah, you saw something. I saw something, man, and I knew then that there was a problem. You know, I had to get home and get some sleep. But, no, JT's going to be out there, so I'm going to be at the M Resort. I'll host the postgame show from there. So make sure you have a really good time. Uh, let's go back out to the phone lines real quick, talk to our guy. We went from, we went from gangster to hardcore. Hardcore Raider, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm going to bring a hardcore. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, I think something that you brought up is really like my, my thinking for this week. And, and, you know, uh, and, you know, I love Demond, but like, you know, something just in general, you know, maybe it's just me getting older or whatever, but you know, if you, if you want to be great, you have to strive to be great. And you, like, it's like someone that if they don't know, like you don't know if you're hungry unless you've been hungry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I actually think you should tell them the story about, uh, how you, how you got started on sports radio and that was straight up desire and, and hunger. So anybody in life, no matter if it's like you're striving for, like for a girl or football, like if, if your passion isn't in it to light that fire to where you're motivated and energized, I mean, you're doing, you're doing something wrong. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like for the Raiders, like I, I felt like we saw, like, like we saw a lack of, of fire at first or like maybe middle of the season. But, like, these last two games, we saw that desire. Like, we saw them hungry. We saw them fighting for that win. And, you know, that's what I want to see from the Raiders this weekend. And, you know, shout out to DeMond, dude. Like, you know, you just got to gotta thrive for it, brother, man. Because I think, I think he was right. And, and not, not trying to take shots at, at Big D, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, in general, some of, the, some of the younger crowd, you know, it's like too many people just have the saying and they, they always say it is what it is. And it, it isn't, dude. It is what you make it, and you make it better. You know what I'm saying? If you strive to make it better, then you will be better. So shout out to you, man. Shout boom. out to DeMond. Love you guys. There it goes. Hardcore Raider bringing the heat right there, DeMond. Boom. There he did. He got you. He got <laughs> No, and it's starting to make me mad because people are <laughs> clearly no. misconstruing what I'm saying. No team is saying, hey, guys, if we go in and win two games, hey, we should be lucky. Everybody starts the season saying we should be the best. In pros, in college, they're very different because there are only 32 pro teams. And if you make the playoffs, hey, who knows what can happen when you make the playoffs. But let's name Southern Tech, Alabama, Western State, okay. whatever, the most okay. random, like, fictional college school. Right. If you say, hey, <laughs> we're going to, we're in the FBS, we're going to go out and we're going to win 12 games. Even if you do win those 12 games, like I mentioned with UCF a couple of years ago, they're not even going to let you into the playoff. And I'm not saying, hey, don't be don't right. be satisfied with that 12 and 0, but I am saying but that this you whole can, started, that you're not just going you know you're not starting the season saying, "Hey, give me Bama. But this we is, want Bama." No, I know, but you started this conversation by saying you want to coach O because he can recruit but he can't coach. Why would anyone want a coach that can't coach? Because if you can guarantee me 7 and 5, something that the program if has If you can't not, coach, you can't guarantee that. But when you bring in that talent, if you can bring in that talent, that's that's the point here. So uh, okay, so, you can you can have those assists. So, how do you get it done? At, how do you get it done at LSU? Because they were already the players were already there. He didn't bring none of them boys in. Not really. He, 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 I mean, he, he, he didn't have to go get Joe Burrow. He he was in transfer portal. 
He, but he got him. Right, Coach, because he wanted to play. Because <laughs> he wanted he could, to play. He could have played anywhere. He could have played we, anywhere. We got five minutes, but he let's could, continue. He could have played. We, we don't have to. No. He wasn't a very good coach. He wasn't a very good coach anywhere he's been. And you said, not my words, yours, he's not a good coach. Yes. So why would you want a guy who's not a good coach? Because if he can bring in the talent cue. I know, but why does talent want to go play for a guy who's not a good coach? Especially if they believe the same thing you do. Okay, how old are you? 26. Okay, say you were 21 sure. and you were about to play and you and you thought, okay, he's not a very good coach. Would you want to go play for him? If he's putting around the coordinators around him. No, no, no. If you thought he wasn't a very good coach, would you want to play for him? Would you ever want to play for someone who you thought wasn't a good coach? Yes. No, you wouldn't. You're a lie. If they can get Okay. <laughs> you are, are they, a lie. Are you Nobody getting me, would are you want getting to me play to the for next someone level? who, who not, not if he's not a good coach, he's not going to get you to the next level. Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Because that's what Matt Rule said when he was at Baylor. I can get you to the next level. Okay. And he did. And he's a good coach. Yes. He's a really good coach. He got him to the Sugar Bowl. That's a, that He was a really good coach. I'm saying your, your words, not mine, that Co- Coach O is not a good coach. Would you really believe he's not a good coach going to get you to the next level? Are my options UNLV or not a good team? Because if we're talking about if we're talking about when he was at LSU, yes, it depends on what your options are. If you're a top five recruit, who cares? If you're a five star prospect, but if we're saying, hey, he can coach, but if I'm still like, if I'm a UNLV caliber player, if I'm what still, does that mean? What is a, is like that is that a lower level player? Yeah, if you're a three star recruit, if you're a three star recruit and you're still like, hey, the Mountain West is probably where I'm going to be. Like you know, those are the schools okay. that are recruiting me. Okay. And if he's selling me the dream, because that's what all the coaches are doing in the recruiting, if he's selling me the dream of he's going to put me in the okay. best position, yes, I'm going to him. Okay, so you, you and then like the X's and O's, do you think every you coach about yourself? Yes. <laughs> okay, that's what the staff is for. Okay, because you know that as a kid, you know that coming in, like, oh, hey, you know what, this coach isn't very good, but you know what, his coordinators are going to help him. You don't know that. You you go to places. First of all, the first rule of recruiting is don't go for the coach; you go for the school. So first of all. That's that's the number one. And then UNLV is going to be tougher because they haven't won. So that's not going to be a player's option. So then you're going to go most likely for the coach. But if you believe, and again, your word's not mine, that he's not a very good coach, I don't believe that there would be many players that would go for there for him. Just saying. Okay, maybe not coaching on the X's and O's. Maybe, okay, he's not drawing up the plays like he's not Sean McVay. But there's more to coaching than just the X's and O's, right? I mean, there's always there's. We saw there's, with Jeff Saturday. We saw with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> shoot, he got they, with the Cowboys beat the brakes off them boys. Exactly. But then what? But hey, the Raiders they had that one game. of, <laughs> Come on now, rah rah rah. There's more to coaching than just X and O's. You're right. You're right. But again, your words, not mine. You said he's not a good coach. Okay, but I'm still back. We see that Jeff Saturday isn't a good coach as well. Okay. But we I, saw. But we see with that one game. That sometimes, was, so that one win is that, all that matters. That's all. That, yeah, he got it. He got it. I love it. All I'm saying is there's more to coaching where you can say. I'm not saying you're wrong. Again, your word's not mine. You said he's not a good coach. And I'm backing up my point. I just would never in my life, and this is just me, maybe I'm different. Maybe I'm different than your average cat. If I thought a guy wasn't a good coach or a good employer or a good boss, I wouldn't want to work for him, play for him, or any of that. That's just me, though. I'd want I you want to go to go to battle. You want to do really well for guys that you believe in. You say this about a good boss, but let's say if morale I can be a terrible boss. Yeah, that's no, fine. But no, but let's say like you let's but say you're you never work, gonna outwork me though. I'll but tell let's you say that. If you had a great boss, like he makes you feel good. He yep. makes you feel like but let's say the money's not a problem. It's like, man, the company not doing too high financially. But you know, when you come to work, you have a great time and it's a good boss that you want to work for. My boss was fantastic. That's the reason I'm here. My boss was fantastic and he was a hard ass. He was very tough to work for, but he was great at what he did. And so that's why I believed in him. He wasn't a bad boss yeah he was just very tough which is something i believe in but i said but what if there was something like uh, so oh, like the coach like you mean let's say the x's and o's like man there's something that he really doesn't do too well but hey it's up on me 
It's on me. Like, oh, okay. it's on you. Well, you have Barry Odom as your coach now, so it doesn't and I'm matter. I'm disappointed. Coach, o, why? Why? Because what? Why do you? Th- why are you disappointed? I want to hear this. Why? First off, never heard of them. We look at Arkansas's it's- defense. You look at Arkansas's defense. They gave up 28 points, and I don't care if they so, play okay, this. So, okay, so let me ask you this. Is he not a good coach? Not to me. Okay, and you don't want him because he's not a good coach. But nope. you want Coach O because he's not a good coach. But hey he, man, can he, can put a, he can put a ring on the table. Some things don't make sense. <laughs> he can put a ring on the table. And this conversation don't make no sense. Hey, man. Here's the thing. <laughs> At all. But here's the one point I wanted to make. And people, do, people I don't like Coach O because he's not a good coach. I want Coach O because he's not a good coach, but he can put a ring on it. None of that makes sense. Here's the one thing that I will say, Q. Please. And here's my final argument. Tell me something. Here's my final argument. Tell me something good. Isn't there a song? Tell Tell me something something good. good. Yes. Come on, tell me. When it comes to college football, some programs should be happy. If you can go eight and four, hey, man. I don't disagree with that. Exactly. That's my whole point. But I think think that's a good coach. And I think Coach O can get you that. But I don't think you do that with a bad coach. Okay, and that's where we disagree. (laughs) A bad coach is going to get you eight wins. Obviously not. Marcus Royal. It's not longer here. And he didn't even get you six. Yeah, but he was supposed to be an offensive guru. But was he a good coach? Hey, man, we ain't got time to talk about that. That's past. <laughs> All right, there you go. Point taken. Raiders Roundtable's up next. We'll be back tomorrow. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. Never miss another show. Stream us live or listen to...